0: This is The New Digital Customer, a podcast that brings you insightful and inspiring conversations with customer-focused leaders who are transforming and innovating customer experience. And now your hosts, the CEO and Chief Product Officer of Brightloom, Adam Brotman and Ben Straley.
1: Hey there, Adam. Hey, Ben. How, uh, how's it going? It's going good. We're doing a podcast. I know. I'm so fired I'm up. It's the uh, the the maiden voyage. Yeah. No, this is going to be great. So, uh, so Adam, why don't uh, we kick things off by doing a little bit of uh, an introduction of uh, you and your background, and I'll do the same, and then we can talk about uh, what we're going to be discussing here
0: on uh, the the new digital customer podcast. Yeah. Um, well, you know. Basically, my entire adult life, and I think I think you're in the same boat. We'll find out here in a second. I have been, I have been working on this topic called digital. Uh, From the from, you know, digital has been around for longer than I've been around. But essentially, from the late '90s uh, to today, all I've ever done in my life, from a work perspective, is think about digital transformation and digital media and digital strategies, and so. Uh, it's a really interesting time uh, now, as we're about to talk about. Uh, but that's what I do, and that's what I've been doing. And so, I, you know, everything from starting my own uh, company uh, in my late 20s, uh, Play Network, that we uh, was a digital media company serving businesses, and working for Bill Gates through his Corbis company, uh, digital media again. This time it was image licensing, and all the way to being the chief digital officer of Starbucks and. Working on digital at J Crew and now here at Brightloom. So, um, you know, this is this is what I do, <laughs> what we do, and and my favorite topic to talk about.
1: Yeah, same here. And uh, you know, for the folks listening to this uh, who may not know that you and I are uh, partners at this company called called Brightloom, um, and we work together uh, at Starbucks. Um, uh, I actually worked for you there. Uh, at Starbucks, uh, leading all things, you know, uh, digital for the company. Um, uh, and so for, for me, kind of similar story, I've, uh, I developed an interest in, in passion for technology and digital, uh, in, in the nineties, um, with the emergence of, of the internet and the web, uh, working for small companies, uh, and big companies, um, including Disney, ESPN, um, have uh, had several stints as an entrepreneur uh, similar to um, uh, your background uh, and then and over the last uh, seven plus years have been uh, working in this just really fascinating uh, space um, uh, that relates to how brands that uh, you know exist in the real world are, Extending uh, into the digital world and into virtual um, and all of the opportunities and challenges that uh, go along with that. And, you know, um, getting the opportunity to work with you and for you at, at Starbucks was really my first um, exposure to uh, just how uh, profound the changes uh, that digital is really driving for both the customer experience and also for business models um, in the restaurant uh Uh, space in particular, but even more broadly for consumer brands um, has been really fertile ground for innovation and uh, disruption and all of those industry buzzwords um, and is, you know, the, the nature of uh, many of the conversations that you and I have um, uh, around this. And, you know, as we've um, been working together now for uh, the better part of the last year, and uh, just given you know our friendship and relationship over the years, um, uh, all things digital and really digital through the lens of customer experience has been something that we've talked about um, uh, continuously throughout that time. And you know that was really the 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 source of the um, interest that we had in starting this podcast was to. Continue these conversations with each other, but more importantly, um, uh, to invite people that we know or folks in our network, uh, leaders in the field, um, experts in customer experience and digital to join us um, uh, in these podcasts and talk about their own experiences, uh, what they're seeing, what they're learning, um, sharing that uh, uh, with us and sharing it with the folks that are um, going to be listening to this podcast. So that's really um, uh, what we're doing uh, with, with, uh, you know, with this series and, uh, this being the first one, we're gonna, we're gonna learn a lot, um, uh, along the way. And I'm, I'm just really excited to uh, be doing this with you and, um, uh, excited about the lineup of folks that we're going to have joining us in, uh, in, in subsequent podcasts.
0: Yeah, me too. You know, it's interesting as you're describing your background and my background, you know, you're, you have, I think you worked for Disney at one point. You've, You've worked for Starbucks with me and then Amazon um, and, you know, I have the, the Starbucks and J crew, but what's interesting is that we both had these startups. Uh, so we've worked for, we've started companies, we've worked for startups, we've worked for giant, literally some of the biggest brands and companies in the world. So it's and and all around digital. Um, so it is, it's probably not a, a surprise or a coincidence that you and I spend a lot of our free time having these kind of conversations. So it's fun. It is fun to record them and start inviting in uh, a bunch of smart, interesting people to join our conversation and, you know, learn. I mean, that's the biggest thing that I've found in talking to you, Ben, is that you share a curiosity for, you know what's next in digital what does this really mean I mean I I'm still sort of fascinated by it and I know you are too so I mean yeah. in, in in that's maybe that's a good segue to talk about probably the thrust of what we're going to talk about for a while we'll see where this podcast goes but I mean there's this there's this whole concept of digital acceleration that's happening right now and for uh, a couple of people like you and I that have been thinking about and working in this space for so long it's it's almost surreal to talk about the acceleration that's just happened because we've been working in it for literally two decades, and yeah, um, up until well, go ahead. When,
1: oh, I was just going to say when when you talk when you say digital acceleration, like what what is that? What do you think that means? And um, maybe this is where you were going, but uh, it, it is such an important topic, and and uh, it would be great to kind of get your get your sense for. When we talk about acceleration, what do we really mean?
0: Well, yeah, that's exactly where I was going. I was going to say that the, the you know, it's been 20 years and, and for for people like us, we almost, you almost forget that digital penetration, digital, uh, you know, the percentage of orders, the percentage of engagement that was occurring in digital versus non-digital was still only about, I, I don't know, 10 to 20% of the economy um uh yes amazon for example has done this incredible job of getting up to like almost 50 percent of u.s e-commerce um which is a big number but e-commerce in general or digital penetration as a percentage of what's going on was still around 10 to 20 percent of everything i mean if we, i think for us we kept thinking it felt like it was bigger um yeah you know uh starbucks i think has started i think their latest public numbers is they're up to almost 40 percent this is before COVID up to 40% of their revenues in the U S were through the mobile app and in, in, in digital and, and, and some where, form where, or another. Where, yeah.
1: And where was it like 10 years ago when you were, you know, beginning the process at Starbucks, where
0: was it then? Well, I mean, it was zero when we started yeah. at Starbucks. Yeah, it was, it was, um, I mean, it depends on how you define it, but there was definitely no, you know, it was basically zero. Uh, now, there at that time, maybe I'm making this up but e-commerce as a percentage of sales in the United States might have been something like you know five or eight percent back this is back in 2009. yeah um, And you know think about it. you and I kind of quote unquote grew up in this where it all started in 1990, you know seven or 98 and, and you had Yahoo and you had Amazon and um, you had you know pets.com. And and that was sort of the beginning of the digital era, as we would as in, in, for us, anyways. And then it got up to about you know ten to twenty percent of by the time I'm literally talking about by by the time of March of this year. Yeah, if you looked at it in the whole, it was ten to twenty percent of orders and engagement was was through a digital channel, a loyalty channel, a mobile order, a internet order, uh, buy online, pick up in store, whatever. All these things all count as digital. And then COVID hit, and for health reasons, um, the as opposed to convenience reasons, this acceleration happened. Uh, So I've heard Satya Nadella quoted as as saying about a month ago that we've seen two years of acceleration in that digital path in two months.
1: Yeah, Uh, I've heard. I've I've heard. Oh, sorry to
0: interrupt. I've heard you say
1: that before, and I think that's. that's a hedge i think it's i yeah. think it's, I was it's say. more like 4
0: or 5 years and
1: 2 months but i, I was going to say it. like
0: a, yeah that's right that, so that's the acceleration i mean we're talking uh i think today if you were to pull every major uh, restaurant chain retail chain consumer brand and ask them you know okay whatever wherever you were at in terms of direct to consumer digital penetration what, what how much has it gone up i I think all of them would say it's gone up double or triple, and um, and to your point, I don't think we would have doubled or tripled in just two years. So we it is probably a five plus year acceleration in just a couple months. And you're yeah. talking about you know more than fifty percent of the orders being through digital. So that that acceleration is amazing, and just to see what companies like what what have companies done in uh in reaction to that or to take advantage of that or whatever is just fascinating
1: yeah well that was one of the things i know we're going to get into but um what is what is so interesting around some of the numbers that you're throwing out there is that they're heavily skewed toward the brands that were prepared in advance in hindsight but were, we're better prepared in advance for this just lurch in the direction of contactless, uh, 100% digital, pickup delivery only in the restaurant um, category, and so that that percentage that you're talking about is, is is going to change dramatically over time as other brands continue the sort of work to to, to catch up um, yeah. and to make available the same types of services that brands like you know Starbucks and Chipotle and, and others in the retail category. Um, yeah. Are, uh, are offering to customers. So it's uh, part of that acceleration is not just the speed, but it's also sort of the scale of it. Um, yeah. And that the entire industry uh, is, is forced to immediately in the space of a few weeks, move to an entirely digital uh, uh, footprint and presence. A small number of brands were very well positioned for this. Uh, and many more were maybe kind of sort of, And then there are a bunch that were caught flat-footed.
0: Yeah. You know, if you just take the restaurant industry, and I know you and I talk about restaurant and retail and direct-to-consumer, we we think about consumer brands more broadly, but given our background at Starbucks together, and we just tend to sort of think about um, restaurants a lot. And and restaurants are fascinating because uh, what I noticed... So first of all, to your point, there were brands like Wingstop and dominoes and others that already had a really good digital capability set. Uh, and, and they they were almost perfectly made for the quarantine because they had great digital chops and they had product that delivered well and kept well. And, 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 and it's paid off. They, they're, they're thriving and deservedly so. And that's interesting. Yeah. What's been, what's, but what's been fascinating is to watch those companies that were not that they weren't, they weren't, digitally savvy, but they weren't, they weren't the first ones you would think of when you thought about digital necessarily. Right. And it turns out they were in really good shape. So, you know, you look at like um, and I'll, I'll pick on public companies since that their their data is publicly available. So it's, it's kind of fun to sort of look at and see what they say. So Shake Shack um, has, they've talked, I think publicly about the percentage of their sales being digital uh, that, you know, I, I think I read somewhere that they might be as high as 70% digital um and and you know and curbside you- and kiosks and just just amazing how they've just it's not just the digital orders it's the fulfillment of the digital yeah. orders and you know and and one other thing I'd mention just in the same breath is um there there has been and there is a lot of talk about casual dining chains and how just how hard hit they're going to be like Chili's or Darden's uh, Olive Garden but you know. I, I could be mistaken. What I've seen, what I've read in the last month, is that they're doing remarkably well with yeah. uh, takeout and delivery, and um, and so the it's not just so there's it's it's a it's it's sort of this wide range of brands that um, quickly, very quickly, not only you know were able to get their operations to be primarily takeout and delivery through digital, but also. Um, you know, these are, these were brands that people, uh, wouldn't have, wouldn't have put their first on their list maybe to be, to be able to do that as quickly as they have. I mean, they're talking about reactions in in a matter of weeks, which is really impressive. Yeah. Necessity is the mother of all invention, right? I mean, yeah,
1: these this was an existential crisis for many, many companies and it is sort of uh, a little surprising and impressive. The number of companies that, um, after a a you know period of weeks where it was extremely uncertain, I don't think we're out of the woods by any stretch. But um, uh, a period of weeks, sort of post shutdown, when most you know regions around the United States um, basically shut down in sto- in in restaurant dining and in store retail, um, the number of those brands that were able to, in a matter of weeks, sort of figure out. Um, not so much the technology and the digital, because many of them had uh, a presence through, you know, mobile apps and even web ordering to a degree. Um, but really, a- almost as as important, sort of the marketing and the operational aspects of what you need to do to one, let customers know you're still open for business, um, and two, I think you made this point a couple of minutes ago, how to how to serve customers in very different uh, where, where the channel mix is very, very different by channels. I mean, you know, digital orders versus people walking into the store and standing at the counter, um, and placing an order or sitting down at a table and having a, uh, waiter, um, wait on them, uh, server wait on them. Um, similar, you know, similar situation for, for, uh, retails, retail stores with uh, physical presences as well. Just that dramatic shift over to, um, Digital channels, almost exclusively digital channels. Um, one of the things I think that, uh, and we'll sort of get into some of these examples. You, you mentioned Shake Shack as being a good example of a company that's sort of weathered the initial, um, managed through the initial shock. Um, uh, but it's what's really fascinating to see now is how that um, the the necessary changes and the pressure on these businesses the different ways in which some of them have adapted, uh, the, the experience that they're providing to customers. You know, we're calling this podcast, the new digital customer. Um, and, uh, it is fascinating to be sort of living through and working through this time and seeing what the, the, the pressure on these businesses and, um, uh, models is doing to how they're operating and how, where they're investing and how the, the experience that they're providing to customers is adapting at this, like, yeah, uh, light speed.
0: What's your favorite example, either big company or small that you saw do some, immediately do some really innovative, adaptive maneuvers to take advantage of digital, given what was going on with COVID?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, one of the, I guess there are two and they're sort of the, the two examples that, that have come to mind for me, um, are at kind of opposite ends, both in terms of size and also, um, approach. Um, one is, a, a Seattle based, um, fine dining restaurant, sort of an institution for folks that, um, are familiar with the Seattle restaurant market called Canlis. Um, what they, uh, what they did in a matter of days, and I know, Adam, you're you're familiar with uh, uh, Canless family and um, uh, folks that are there, but what they did I- in a matter of days was went from fi- sort of very high ticket, fine dining, immaculate experience to throwing the doors open to a pickup business, um, yeah. catering to similar, you know, the same clientele, basically, but moving from know fine dining to um uh burgers and um uh you know salads and things that lended themselves to uh pickup um experience um and yep. so what what my wife and i we have we have two kids um 12 and 15 and uh for mother's day um uh we ordered the um uh, brunch kit from uh uh, canless, and they actually offer delivery for that. You order several days in ahead, and it's a kit um, that enables you to essentially assemble the ingredients and make a, a brunch included flowers and uh, champagne, um, all the things for a, a really great uh, Mother's Day brunch. And then my kids and I uh, made scones and we made sausage and we made eggs and we followed the recipe and the menu was printed out on this very um, beautiful menu. Um, and it was, you know, it wasn't the, the canless experience that people that have dined there uh, uh, can't have come to know and, and really uh, love, but it was um, uh, an experience nonetheless that was very, um, was really enjoyable. Um, and very thought through and everything from the packaging to the, to the uh, um, instructions for how to put things together and the quality of the ingredients, you know, all locally sourced, et cetera. Um, And uh, I don't have any inside knowledge in terms of how the business is doing overall, but uh, from what uh, they were able to do for, uh, you know, my wife and, and, and me and us and, and enabling us to have a, uh, really great Mother's Day experience. Um, uh, it, it worked. It worked very, very well. Uh, and similarly, we did the same thing for I had a birthday uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, got a uh, weekend uh, kit from Canlis. So the takeaway for me f- in terms of how Canlis is adapted is, you know, uh, they um, uh, have thought through the, the shift from, um, you know, in restaurant dining to a combination of, um, pickup and delivery, uh, invested a lot of time and energy thinking about the, you know, the experience and the packaging and the ingredients and the, the sort of art of putting all of this together and for fine dining, uh, uh, restaurant and clientele really interesting. Um, uh, not inexpensive by any stretch, but also, um, uh, you know, um, affordable on a, for a, a special occasion. Um, yeah, really yeah. kind of cool to see a local, uh, company like that. Um, do that. I don't know. Have you had a chance to, to, um, have the canless experience?
0: No, but I, you know, I've been meaning to, and you're going to inspire me to do that this weekend. <laughs> it is, it is father's day weekend. So maybe, right. uh, we'll, we'll treat ourselves to that. Um, but you know, it, it, if, I think canless is such a great example, Ben, that you bring up and, um, for all the reasons you mentioned, but they also, I I believe I read that they uh, converted their um, their a lot of their servers That's and right. other and other team members into different positions, including delivery drivers, but not just That's delivery right. drivers. So that it was it was the ultimate like pivot. And but but to your point, like keeping their eyes on like who were they as a company, what were they like what was their why, like, you know, their Simon Sinek why, like their why was to like, you know, to provide a great experience, uh, uh, you know, an up-leveled emotional experience for their, uh, clientele or their, their guests. And they just took it to, they got creative and took it to another level. I'll give you another example. I think that's a great one. There's two other examples that you just reminded me of. One is, um, the, um, there's one, of I heard a story about, um, one of the uh, best restaurants in the country in Chicago uh, how they um, I had never, I don't think they'd ever done a takeout order ever or a, you know, a delivery order, a takeout order and, and had to start doing that during the, um, uh, cri- the pandemic crisis and have been thriving. Um, and to your point, like kind of like handless, like they, maybe they had to change their menu. They had to change their price point, but they, and they clearly had to change their business model and are thriving and you can only imagine for both Canlis and uh, this other this other you know fine you know best restaurant in the country type place yeah. they when when they can start doing in in house seating again they're not going to lose the skill set so they're right. they're just going to be incredibly effective at engaging with their customers and building their business and cuz now they'll be you know, ambidextrous, so to speak, they'll have, you know, all the skills they had, plus all the digital skills. There's another company I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts nowadays is NPR's planet money. And they, um, they were profiling uh, a particular restaurant chain, fast, casual Chinese food restaurant chain in New York. Yeah, And some of the things they were doing during the, the pandemic. And it was just, it was the same idea. It was like, yeah, they had to get really good about takeout and delivery and digital, but they, it, they didn't just stop there. They thought about like, how do they connect orders to their Instagram page and how do yep. they sort of create content that, that almost an un, like you were describing with canvas, almost an unboxing experience that they could, yeah. they could offer. And it's just, um, you said it, you know, necessity is a mother of invention and, and it, crea- it, it causes people to be super creative. So it's um, you know, it's going to be interesting, right? Ben, because you think about the future, so think about all these examples we're giving. You, you have this acceleration from, I'll call it, 10 to 20% of these restaurant and retail businesses were using digital channels and digital engagement. Now they're at over 50%, That's sometimes right. much over 50%. And then, you know, God willing, there's gonna be um, a combination of things that allow us to go back to some thing that uh, looks like uh, normal at some point in the future. And in terms of people being able to go in stores and feel safe and feel yeah. healthy, and when that happens, uh, I don't think we're going to be at ten to twenty percent. It'll be fascinating to see. I, I, you know, I I would not be shocked if if the numbers stick at a surprisingly high percentage. I don't know what you think.
1: Well, yeah, no, I think that's right. And I mean, a lot of the trends that we were seeing even before COVID were, um, you know, uh, shift from when you're talking food shift from grocery to restaurant so shift from grocery to prepared basically and then within the restaurant category from on-premise meaning you know you go to the restaurant you sit down you you eat the food there to off-premise through either combination of pickup uh, order ahead like a starbucks kind of experience or uh delivery through either direct delivery or through you know doordash uber eats those guys and that was happening you know over the last several years that that shift has been happening um what's interesting now is that that covid has kind of forced forced consumers to shop more in grocery stores and kind of stock up on the one hand and then on the other hand rely even more on pickup and delivery um yep. as the as the ways that you know we we find and and get our our food and make our meals um, and what is going to be really interesting is as brands like the ones we've talked about you know the the, the more sort of local small brands um, that provide a more sort of cultivated curated um, uh, packaged experience how those businesses will look you know a year post covid vaccine or treatment or whatever the the major changes that happen in society that enable us to to start you um, you know, really opening up again. Right. Um, I suspect that you know convenience will still reign as a as a main driver of consumer choice. So, um, if I can get uh, a canless quality experience or an Alinea quality experience, but have the option of picking that up uh, and taking it with me or having it delivered there are maybe more occasions throughout the year that I would be willing to do that than to think, you know, three months ahead about making the reservation to go into the store. So I think at that end, these adaptations are, are for the, for the, and it, and this is not to, you know, trivialize the difficulty and the stress and the, um, challenges that all of, all of these businesses are facing right now. It's really tough times. Um, for the ones that are kind of figuring it out and adapting and, and, you know, are, 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 um, uh, going to make it through this. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how much benefit these adaptations and what the sort of the shelf life or tail on these innovations is going to be in the coming years. I suspect it's going to be quite significant. I don't think, uh, you know, they're going to shut down pickup or shut down some of these other things that they've they're doing and are getting, um, positive results from uh, even yeah. when things go back to to the yeah. some form of normal.
0: I, I think that's right. I think that's right because it's it's um it's funny. My dad. This is such a cliche story to talk about your mom or dad, but like <laughs> I, my dad was telling me in the you know a month ago. So you know, in the, and we're still in the middle of the pandemic, but in the in the in the heart of the quarantine. Yeah, uh, was saying, you know, he's like he's always used the Starbucks app, but he he said. God, you know, I, I've been using the Starbucks app to order ahead. It's really, it's really great. And I'm like, Dad, you're killing me. Like, <laughs> I, 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 cause he, I always knew he used the app to pay and to get his loyalty uh, stars. But, um, yeah, I mean, so,
1: fact f- that- so, yeah, sorry to jump in, Adam, but yeah, for, for yeah. the listeners that don't know or missed at the beginning, you were the chief digital officer at Starbucks. I uh, got there before the, you know, anything even close to ordering ahead. Uh, was available. And then um, uh, you, you know, led the development. I was a part of that, but led the development of all of the, all of that sort of core um, Starbucks functionality when you were uh CDO.
0: Yeah. You're being humble. You were more than just a part <laughs> of it. But yeah, that that's right. So we, so yeah, you know, you and I and our team worked on this mobile platform and particularly mobile ordering. And, and, you know, I didn't, I didn't occur to me that my dad wasn't using the app for mobile ordering. I, right. you know, he may have tried, he probably tried it one time just because I made him do that when we first came out with that feature. But, but it was interesting to hear him say, and not just cause he's a boomer and all that kind of cliche stuff. I actually just mean this is, I think representative of just any age or any demographic of includes you and I too, in certain respects, like we're all, we're all doing things now because we have to and need to, or should do them virtually. And that includes working. That includes eating, uh, getting your food that includes socializing, and so all of a sudden we've all been sort of trying these new things, and uh, it's just—I actually do think that we—I like that we're calling this podcast series the new digital customer because it's not—it's it, the customer, it's the customer is the same customer, but there's sort of a new mindset, a new right. muscle that all of us, even the most digitally savvy of us, have sort of taken on because we had to and then then we're all going to be psyched to go back to being able to like interact personally with our servers and sit in loud bustling places together because that's there's just nothing that nothing that can replace that but i i think just like working from home and everything else there's going to be a material shift that is not going to come all the way back and you know even if it's I'm making this up, even if it only, even if two thirds of it goes back to the way it was and a third sticks, you're talking about, you know, uh, restaurants going from 10, 15% digital to ha- having a steady state of 30, 40, 50% digital. You're talking about retailers That's right. that are going to be that retailers that are going to be, you know, they might've been at 20, 30% e-commerce and now they're at 50, 60% e-commerce. Uh, it's just, it's just going to be, Um, very interesting. And to your point for, for those that can sort of, you know, hang in there and get to the other side, it's going to, it could be a very, a very interesting, uh, world we're going to, we're going to live in in the next year or two.
1: Yeah. And, and one of that's, that's a good kind of segue to the other brand that, uh, I wanted to, or the other restaurant that I wanted to talk about. I'm sort of at the opposite end of that, of the sort of size and, and readiness continuum from, uh. Canlets, which we talked about a few minutes ago, and that's Chipotle. Um, and the reason why I wanted to bring them up is because they were, you know, among the large um, restaurant brands and chains, they were arguably, you know, one of the best prepared for the basically the shutdown of all on premise uh, ordering and dining and relying solely on um, pickup and delivery. Um, I think it's fair to say that in most parts of the uh, the US there's been an extended period of time where restaurants were essentially uh, shut down except for for pickup and delivery. Um, and in Chipotle, because of the investments that they uh, made and we know some of the you know leaders there in the technology and the digital space, but because of the um, investments that they made in, the experience and in the functionality, they were able to deliver a an experience and are able to deliver an experience for their customers. And I am a a happy regular Chipotle customer that allows me for too. The, yeah, that allows for the <laughs> level of customization of your orders. It's all the, you get all of the same things that you you would get if you went into the store. It's just that you use the app to um, to create your order and place your order. And so as a customer the experience was very seamless. Um, all, all, I, maybe they shut down some stores, but for the most part, like all the locations have, have remained open. Um, locations yeah. offer the exact same menu. Um, level of customization is exactly the same. And one of the added benefits of, you know, this is not a commercial for Chipotle. I just think it's really interesting how, you know, in hindsight, the investments they've made in their digital capabilities have really shined in this moment. No, and getting customers to move from uh, standing in line and telling the the um, server what you want, and then watching them build your order, uh, moving all of that to the the digital platform is um, it's connected to a loyalty experience. So now, when I interact with uh, with Chipotle and I place my order order ahead, I also get um, get points, which which are are also a nice. Uh, part of the customer experience. So there are these like adjacencies that are starting to appear as well. Um, uh, for brands yes. that are really, really well-prepared that on the one hand, I think, um, you know, good for them. Uh, and, and I'm sure they're, they're pleased with, um, the position that they're in, in spite of the headwinds, but two, um, how those things will change, uh, the customer experience over time—the sort of typical customer experience for a Chipotle customer or any other brand—over um, time as the shift from I used to go to the store, stand in line, to now I interact primarily through the through the mobile experience or through digital. Um, yeah, there are a whole bunch of new um, uh, angles on this that we're going to get into uh, on this podcast that I think are really. Going to last a long time and are going to really, in a lot of ways, transform the way the the industry operates and kind of separate um, winners from uh, brands that really, really struggle struggle to meet the customer expectation that's now being set by brands like Chipotle.
0: Yeah, that's you know that uh, I know we're wrapping it up here in a second, but I, I I do have to say one thing that you just made me think of, which is, and it's such a great point, Ben. Is first of all, Chipotle is a perfect example. Of you know who's doing it right and 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 how they're how they're using digital and um, it's probably not a coincidence that their stock is up so much right now because I think a lot of investors are probably seeing what you're saying which is can you you can imagine what will happen when in a year or two from now when they've they've got all this all their customers uh where they've got this digital relationship with them and yeah. and 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 they've been doing such a great job full disclosure I'm on the board of Mod Pizza and Mod Pizza is in a very similar spot in terms of doing an amazing job uh, like Chipotle of keeping their stores open uh opening up curbside delivery pickup mobile internet orders I mean you name it and just um you know really really leaning in and 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 making it work but you know you, what you made me think of is something i'm sure we'll talk about with every guest we have on the show which is this philosophy that you and i really came to embrace and talk about a lot at starbucks called the digital flywheel strategy and and what's interesting about the digital flywheel at starbucks for example we had uh we connected loyalty to mobile to payment to personalization and it was literally one connected system so when what made it like a flywheel where the the system would almost store its own energy and create its own momentum was uh that we connected these things by design so if you had a bunch of people downloading the app because they really wanted the app but that also put them in the loyalty program well then you had a lot of people in the loyalty program almost yeah. uh, they almost came along and if you had a lot of people in the loyalty program you had a lot of data which enabled personalization and that that just so you started to see this thing sort of build upon its own energy and you just made me think about when you think about this acceleration this great digital acceleration that we're all witnessing it is almost like a force of nature creating a digital flywheel it is almost that's right like as opposed to everybody just sort of choosing to go digital like we saw at Starbucks, yeah. it's almost like everybody kind of had to go digital. And now a lot of these brands are going to wake up and they're going to be like, holy moly, like, look what's happening to our business. Not, not today. There's a lot of headwinds yeah. still with the, yep. the health crisis and the economic crisis uh, and social unrest. And there's a lot of headwinds right now. If you're, if you're a person, if you're a business, but man, I'm telling you, cause we've seen this, we live this, you know. When you get a flywheel effect going using digital, uh, you, you, it you know, you, you have to, you just sort of wake up and say, wow, like this thing's just, it's got its own momentum. And I think a lot of businesses are, are going to realize that it was almost an unintentional effect of what's going on.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great sort of synopsis of why uh, it is so fun to talk about these things because. Um, you know, through the haze and the, the, the fog of, of the, the challenges that, um, you know, people and, and, and businesses and everybody are facing right now, um, there is this uh, glimmer of uh, hope and excitement um, in this industry that um, for, uh, for a lot of people we know and the businesses that they're working on and the customers they're serving, um, is really the path to something pretty, pretty exciting and cool um, yeah. uh, in the future like this very transformation transformational um, uh, moment, I think uh, in the industry. And so um, uh, with that, um, I wanted to just uh, uh, kind of wrap things up a little bit and talk about uh, our guest for next week, who I know we both know very well and are super excited and lucky to have, Uh, Joining us, um, Alex Wheeler, uh, currently uh, a marketing consultant um, uh, for um, a number of uh, uh, brands, um, was the former CMO of Blue Nile, and then uh, we worked with her uh, uh, for a number of years when she led uh, global digital marketing at Starbucks. Um, Lots to talk about and learn from uh, Alex next week. And... um, this has been a lot of fun, Adam.
0: Yeah, this is great. Let's do it again soon. Okay, sounds good, man. See ya. Talk to you later. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on what Adam and Ben are building with their teams, visit brightloom.com and follow them on Twitter at Adam Brotman and at B Straley.